Darkened Timmer stood six feet three inches tall, but seated he was not intimidating. With his blond hair parted and combed, his face clean-shaven, and his even white teeth obsessively brushed to a gleaming shine, he looked like the kid from down the block who'd just come to pick up your sister. The problem with Timmer was, if she left with him, she wouldn't be coming back alive. Wayland Hood peered into the eyes that looked like calm pools from a Caribbean sea and searched for a hint that would betray what Timmer really was. The press had called him Mr. Hyde, and the judge at his trial had not disagreed, invoking the monster label during sentencing with a bang of the gavel. With a file stuffed full of Timmer victim photographs from across Washington and Oregon, Wayland was not inclined to contradict the previous assessments or argue with a life sentence. Timmer did not need to go anywhere ever again. Yet in spite of all the whispered horror, Wayland had to appear objective as he sat across from the killer. He lowered himself into the straight-backed chair, setting his foam coffee cup on the table and glancing down to surreptitiously assure himself Timmer's restraints were in place. Unfortunately, the table concealed the truth. He had to take it on faith that Timmer's ankles were strapped in place. Wayland had never had a restraint fail, but he didn't want it to start with Mr. Hyde, not after he'd looked at the fresh batch of crime scene photographs. "'You don't look like an FBI psychologist,' Timmer observed." Wayland looked down at his clothes. He supposed Timmer's remark was directed at his attire. It wasn't the first crack he'd heard today. He'd had hell when he'd stepped into the King County lockup where Timmer was being held prior to transfer to the state penitentiary. Some of the guards had worried about distinguishing him from the prisoners. Wayland was wearing a flannel work shirt buttoned over a black turtleneck, jeans, and white Reeboks. He functioned better when he was comfortable, and his brown hair was worn longish. He'd never really given up his undergraduate haircut. He'd had to trim it back a few times to meet dress codes over the years, but he was not officially with the Bureau at the moment. Timmer was probably used to men in suits, whose only aberrations were bow ties or women in prim outfits. I'm more a teacher now. I was a special agent for almost six years in Dallas, then I moved into behavioral science. I'm more a consultant now, and I'm working on this as a special project, consulting with the Violence Criminal Apprehension Program. I'm sort of on leave from my usual duties with NCAVC's investigative unit and sabbatical from my school. Not tracking terrorists? That's where a lot of the focus is. Some of this might help. You spent some time in Seattle when they were trying to get me, didn't you? I was here. I came out and worked with the task force. He had helped come up with the noose in which they had caught Timmer. King County Police had pulled it taut. Now you're a loose cannon? Wayland opened his organizer and glanced at notes on the odd-colored legal pad that had come with it. The paper was a pale green. It seemed appropriate somehow, an abnormality for notes about an abnormality. Out to learn what new stuff you can about psychos? The Four Butchers Project, I heard. The Four Butchers was the nickname the project had picked up in a hallway somewhere. 
It actually had a longer title with bigger words which explained its goal. A book to include interviews with Timmer and three other death row inmates guilty of some of the strangest and most heinous crimes in recent years. FBI analysts who had come before Wayland had conducted interviews with hundreds of incarcerated serial killers. But new cases like BTK and the Four Butchers constantly changed the landscape. The information Wayland had inherited had helped in the apprehension of the Four Butchers. But the apprehensions had not happened as quickly as he would have liked. Now it was time to learn from these new killers. To pick apart their backgrounds and look into their minds and souls. To find out what motivated them, what drove them to do what they did, so that others in their ranks might be stopped even more swiftly. A specific goal was to pick out details that had made the killers more effective than their predecessors. It was an ongoing game, but one that had to be played.